before Beyond Sushi, uh, I had nothing to do with this world. Uh, I was very ignorant about it, and I'm happy to admit it. And just like I evolved with the restaurant, I personally evolved too. I, when I opened Beyond Sushi, I've said it a few times on podcasts, uh, it wasn't vegan either. It was vegetarian. You are listening to Plant Strength Radio. Each week, remarkable stories of plant-based healing, mindfulness, fitness, nutrition, and activism as told by those with the expressed desire to affect lasting change in our world. Real people, real experiences. Your host, Bobby Lynch. What's up, guys, and welcome to Plant Strength Radio. I'm your host, Bobby Lynch, and on today's show, we have renowned vegan chef, star of Hell's Kitchen Season 10, Shark Tank Season 10 contestant, and the owner of the popular New York City vegan restaurants Beyond Sushi and Willow, Guy Vaughan. Welcome, welcome, Guy. Hey, hey, thank you for having me. How are yeah, you? Yeah, of course. I'm doing great. How are you? Not too bad. Yeah. Not too bad. Working, busy, working. Busy, yeah, busy, busy, man. That was a mouthful of an intro, but <laughs> you got a lot going yeah. for you. That's super, super awesome and excited to get into talking about things with you. But before we get started, sure. we're going to have a little on-the-spot icebreaker segment to warm us up. Are you ready to go? For sure. Awesome. So Let's if you could tell me, what is giving you strength this year? In other words, what is currently motivating you to keep going in 2021? Uh, I would say the adventure of what's next and it's always that uh the adventure of what's next and um and always staying positive about it totally agree with you on that that's what i love about entrepreneurship is there's you have to fall in love with the process of it and not the end yeah. result and it's just it's almost a challenge of what you can do and how you can keep going no i mean you see you're given a situation and you have to uh do the best that you can with it, I guess, more than anything. Definitely, definitely agree with you on that. So let's go ahead and get into it. So you're an immigrant from Israel. What was yeah. it like growing up there? Uh, Israel was uh, Israel was very different than what uh, what New York is for me. I grew up in a very small town, uh, right by the border of Gaza Strip, actually. So really close to where all the action that you can see on the news today. Uh, but when I was growing up, it was very calm. It was in the middle of uh, the peace talks that we had in the 90s. And uh, it was a different world back home. Um, I grew up uh, with uh, my mom and my sister. My parents got divorced when I was very young. My dad moved over here. So it was uh, only my mom uh, for most of our lives uh, raising us. Uh, did a lot of uh, time with grandma. and. Like every single mom family, um, while my mom was working two jobs, it, it was very different because the community was very close and everything was very close. It's not as big and remote, but it inspired a very close community. Uh, I would say uh, not very, uh, very uh, rich. I could say even poor, uh, which allowed me to learn to make the best of what what we had you know yeah definitely definitely understand that so you also served in the israeli army yeah yes so after the high school after i finished high school in israel uh it's mandatory you have to go for three years 
I decided that I'm going to be a, a fighter. I started in uh, pilot training, dropped out of that, and then went to infantry. Spent three years in uh, urban, urban fighting, basically, uh, and served in Gaza Strip uh, for three years, right next to to where I grew up. Uh, wow! Which was uh, yeah, which was interesting because it's very different. It's it's very different than the the American army, you don't get shipped out to a different country. You're, you feel a sense of urgency because it's your home is right there. Um, right. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. So how did that affect your is. life and, and change it for better or for worse? It puts perspective over your life in terms of responsibility, uh, what you can and cannot do, uh, how, how far physically and mentally you can take yourself. Uh, very hard situation, spending three weeks in a tank with eight guys, uh, uh, you know, guarding it in the middle of nowhere, uh, 16 hours of the day uh, in, a, in a structure that you can't get out of for like two, three weeks. It stretches your mental, uh, uh, your mental strength to the limit and it pushes you very far physically, you know, doing uh, trips of, 80 kilometers with 40 pounds on your back, uh, all in one shot, 16 hours. Some of the craziest stuff that I ever did, uh, but it stretches what you, what you think that you can do physically and mentally, and it prepares you, you know, for, for life differently than what you thought it would. Um, not always great. I lost a bunch of friends. Uh, I saw some things that I would, uh, rather that I didn't see. Um, but if you take it in the right perspective and you take the strengths out of it, uh, it pushes you to a different place. I can only imagine what that must be like serving. And it's definitely a yeah. testament to like your success today, because obviously you've had a lot of obstacles that you've had to overcome just being an entrepreneur. That's how it is. We have obstacles every single day, but you're clearly... Yeah doing everything the right way so far with everything that you've, uh, that you've accomplished. So tell us a little bit about yeah. your immigrant experience here in the U S what was it like coming to a new country? Uh, for me, the U S has always been a dream. Like for a lot of immigrants that come to this country, uh, the, since I was a kid, I used to come and visit my dad. My dad was here. Uh, then when my parents separated, he moved here and opened restaurants. He had six restaurants in the city, uh, Moroccan restaurants. That's my background. Uh, before Israel, but uh, I came here, the big buildings, the uh, the craziness coming from a small town, seeing all that, that energy and vibe uh, always resonated with me. And I took it back home and it was my dream to come here. Uh, not thinking that that's what I'm going to do. I started in computer engineering uh, in college right after, right after uh, the army. I came here and I went to college over here. That lasted about two months. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't sit. In, I, I no, I couldn't sit on the chair. Uh, and I told my dad I have a dream uh, to go and learn uh, culinary. Um, and he said, "Oh, well, why don't you go and be my chef?" And that's what happened. Uh, but the platform and the ability to open a business and be an entrepreneur—it's uh, all in ingrained into this country and, and into the system and having the opportunity to do it, to work hard, learn the business or learn whatever it is that you do while you're doing it and actually creating something. And I have a very, 
very good Cinderella story uh, as as it comes to that. I came from from that small town. I had nobody would invest in what I thought could be beyond sushi because everybody thought that I'm out of my mind. Uh, so I took my own savings and loaned uh, from friends and family uh, another like the same amount of money that I had, and basically opened my first Beyond Sushi with a thousand dollars in the bank account. You know, wow. like basically committing financial suicide. And what year was uh, that? Thinking, this is 2012, July 2012. Wow. Yeah, and uh, opening a, a restaurant with no background in actually running a restaurant, operating a restaurant. But I knew that that I have so much drive in me that no matter what, I'll make it happen. Uh, one thing that good that I learned is to drop my ego when I first opened Beyond Sushi and understand that I'm making the decisions, but I better listen to everybody around me and make my own assessment of what, what could be done better. I literally worked for four years, seven days a week, no breaks, uh, all the time, 18 hours a day, 16 hours a day. I lived at Beyond Sushi. Uh, and it took that. And many more years after that to understand how to make it a company and not just a, a, a business that is owned by someone that runs everything. And today we're on the right track after a pandemic and everything else to uh, actually have this uh, run for the future, you know? Yeah. So tell us, tell us more about that. So the first restaurant that you opened in 2012, that was, I mean, it was tiny. It was like less than 300 square feet, I wouldn't right? call it a restaurant. <laughs> right. So, so no, it wasn't a restaurant. I, I mean, I, I, my dream was always to have like a fine dining restaurant, like every other ship thinking that that's the dream. Uh, but I knew that I can't do it with the amount of money that I have. Uh, so I opened uh, basically a, a quick serve uh vegan sushi place and um i tried as best as i could to serve the highest quality for six dollars uh and and that that the idea was to do that and do it on a large scale to get much more money to open a bigger restaurant the fine dining that i wanted to open uh what ended up happening is seeing the potential of it is that we just multiplied it and then at one point by the fourth one i i decided that i want to open that restaurant still beyond sushi but i wanted to open a big restaurant and i took on my flagship location which is at 37th street um and that was a the biggest vegan restaurant in new york city i had the smallest one and i had the biggest one i still have the biggest one the smallest one uh, and it, it, it's cool because you can see the, the progress going forward. And then, of course, business has to evolve like people. So the business has the bit of business model changed a few times and it just changed again because of the pandemic and, you know, branching out to doing a bunch of other things. And then you also just recently opened up a brand new restaurant on top of that. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about Willow. Yeah, so the pandemic kind of got me on, uh, you know, we, when we went into the pandemic, uh, the company was 150 employees strong uh, from going from 2012 when it was me and a sushi chef, and that was the whole company. So we got to the point that we, our biggest at 2019 had our best year yet. Uh, and then the pandemic hit, and we went from 
150, I went back to having six employees. Uh, yeah. Oh, across yeah. all restaurants. Across the whole company. <laughs> the whole company. Because you had to, you had to stop serving for a little bit. I had to stop. I closed down six of the restaurants temporarily, uh, kept one open. So we had the one in our commissary, which is in Long Island City. That was still where I'm sitting right now in corporate offices. Uh, and we had to uh, pause, basically. Uh, and for two months, we had only one restaurant operating. And then I started bringing online the other restaurants that we had to, clo- to close. Uh, unfortunately, we permanently closed Chelsea Market and Pine Street, which are two location market locations. And then throughout the pandemic, I introduced a lot of food that I didn't have before in all the restaurants, which was more comfort uh, food that uh, a lot more looks like, feels like the real thing, but vegan, which I've never done before. Um, and people reacted to it, and I saw the potential in that. Just like I started with Beyond Sushi, uh, I saw that there is a lot of need for it. And I knew that I can do it better than anybody else in the city. Uh, so, Or at least I think I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I decided that I'm going to take a bet, just like I did with Beyond Sushi. And if, if it doesn't work and we're going to go out, at least let me go out with a bang, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. But... Thank God, in the middle of all this mess, I decided I'm going to open a restaurant. And I think people needed something to get excited about. And Willow has been a great success since we first opened it. And, and it's fun. I mean, for me, it's the adventure of doing more and creating more and, and, and keep creating and keep innovating and making the business progress. It's almost been 10 years. I mean, for a restaurant to last that long, you have to reinvent yourself over and over and over and do things that you know that you haven't done before and learn how to progress and make it more efficient and make it work more smoothly and still on the premise that we are innovators and we are creating something that no one did before and so on totally uh, that's what i love about entrepreneurship it's just always falling in love with that process and learning and growing and and getting better. So what is the difference between Willow and Beyond Sushi? How does the menu vary? Uh, So, so we just, when we launched the Willow, uh, there was a bunch of items that I took from the pandemic menu that had Beyond Sushi and built on it and created this uh, American comfort food bistro that we have from calamari that we make in-house from uh, oyster mushrooms to uh, uh, casio y pepe to uh, lasagna, steak and fritz. Uh, Everything's vegan. Yeah, everything's vegan. It's amazing. Uh, Yeah, really good stuff. Uh, And and it's not pretentious, right? So it's, it's straightforward, tasty. The idea was that you come in, you have a cob salad, and you feel like you're having a cop salad anywhere. And uh, my my fried chicken, buttermilk fried chicken sandwich, is uh, I'll compete with any Popeyes or anything you have out there. Uh, and it's cruelty and that, free. And that, cruelty free. Can't and that and that's the whole fun about it. You know, it it, it was different than Beyond Sushi. Beyond Sushi it was uh, normally before the pandemic was all about purity and uh, natural and, and vegetables and fruits and grains and stuff like that and not touching any of the imitation. Now, uh, even Beyond Sushi has gotten uh, overhaul 
and the menu's got an overhaul and I'm using all these great products that come from Europe, uh, like Z star and, uh, a bunch of other items that are, that are really good, uh, and stuff that we create ourselves from the spicy, uh, uh, jackfruit crab and, and, and a bunch of new items that went in there just to distinctify between beyond sushi and willow and the ones that are coming next. Cause I have plans to, uh, we have a taqueria on the horizon coming soon. Oh, wow. There'll be more. Yeah. 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 I love I keep it. it. Interesting. I got to wake up in the morning and be, you know, I have a reason why. Excited to go. Wow, that's crazy. I definitely yeah. I've been I mean I've been to I've been to the the Beyond Sushi on 37th Street. Great. Okay. Had a great experience there. Thank you. Definitely looking forward to going to Willow sometime soon and 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 to when you open these new restaurants. So to to yeah. backtrack a little bit, how long mm-hmm. have you been vegan? Before answering that though, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back after this message from our sponsors. Support for this episode comes from Chicken Bites. Hey, did you know that every serving of Chicken Bites has 17 grams of protein? And did you know that they're made entirely from simple ingredients? Visit www.plantstrengthfoods.com to find out where you can get your pack of Chicken Bites. Use promo code PSR at checkout to save on your order. Chicken Bites, always made from ingredients you can pronounce. Support for this episode comes from Plant Strength Performance Resistance Bands. Are you looking to get a great workout at any time, even from the comfort of your own home? Well, Plant Strength Performance resistance bands are lightweight, adjustable, and stackable, capable of providing a total resistance of 125 pounds so that you can get that perfect pump whenever and wherever. Visit www.plantstrength.com equipment to get yours. Use promo code PSR at checkout to save on your order. All right, guys, and welcome back. So before the break, I asked Guy how long he's been vegan for. So without further ado, tell it, take yeah. it away, tell us. <laughs> so I've been vegan for uh, nine years, almost. Uh, nine years, yeah. Uh, after Beyond Sushi is open. Oh, really? like weird, yeah. You ask yourself, how, what, what? So... Before Beyond Sushi, uh, I had nothing to do with this world. Uh, I was very ignorant about it, and I'm happy to admit it. Uh, and just like I evolved with the restaurant, I personally evolved too. I, when I opened Beyond Sushi, I've said it a few times on podcasts, uh, it wasn't vegan either. It was vegetarian. Uh, again, ignorance. I, I, I didn't know anything. Uh, so I just made a vegetarian healthy menu. I mean, I didn't think about anything else. Um, and then my customers are the one that gave me the, the lessons and education and told me, Hey buddy, if you don't do the one, two, three, four, five, uh, this is not going to work. <laughs> right. So I, 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 three weeks in, I made a decision. Okay. We're going to make it fully vegan. I just had a few egg products. Let me take them out. Let me change the menu. Uh, and we evolved. That was the first evolution, the best evolution. Personally, and for the business, one of the best business decisions I ever made. And I didn't even make them. I mean, they made them. The uh, they made they made me make them. Yeah, you, know, you should always listen to your customers. Got to give the people and, uh, what they want. Exactly. And, and even now, with the new change that we have, all that uh, feels like 
It's because the customers or the, the new generation of vegans that are just moving away from it, they need it. They need that memory of what they ate before. It's not all about purity for them because they want to make the transition maybe in a few years, but we eat with our minds and memory of what we know. So it's very, it's very, it's much easier for them. So made that evolution. And then personally, I couldn't bring myself to create uh, any other menus or anything new if I wasn't part of it. So I made my a personal decision to try it out. Um, and then I lost about 40 pounds. So I decided that, okay, this is right. And I should stay at, at this, you know? Uh, and it felt better. And, and today both my sons are from birth vegan already uh, and my wife and, and we live that lifestyle. That's and awesome. I'm happy. I'm happy to promote it in my restaurant. You know, it's, it's part of our mission. Good for you. Congrats. So, so are you connected on the purpose of being vegan for the animals, the environment, or was it predominantly just health driven? Um, it's, it's everything. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, I have a, I have a mission now to show, uh, to anybody. And I've done it many times, uh, that, you can have this diet and it's sexy and it's fun and it's, it could be amazing and it could uh, serve in a restaurant and it can hold up against any other product that anybody else can put out. And it's innovative and it's not just uh, a quinoa bowl with a bunch of kale on top. It's actually stuff that, that, that looks good, tastes good, uh, texture wise, uh, could have heat, you know, anything that you, uh, anything that you can think of. Uh, and we did that over 2 million times. So, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of that. You wow. Know, you've served 2 million meals. Over. Yeah. Over. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, crazy. It's a lot. You. And, and it's good. It's good for, you know, uh, I would say even more than that. I just, I don't keep track anymore, but, but it's, it's nice. I mean, it's not blowing smoke up my ass. It's just my the feel of accomplishment that it gives me and the pride that it gives me that we were able to do that. And that's it. I feel the same way. It's just like going vegan was definitely the best decision. One of the best decisions of my life. I feel so connected with my purpose because it's such, it's so, it's so much bigger than us. What, what we're yeah. doing because not only we are, are we affecting millions of people, but we're also affecting billions of innocent creatures who don't have that right to say, Hey, I, I don't want to be exploited. I don't want to die just because you like the taste of my dead body and secretions, or because this is just the yeah. way you were conditioned to believe there's so much, like you said, amazing tasting food, which you create on a daily basis that you can eat otherwise and taste not just as good, exactly better. Exactly. Exactly the same or better. Exactly. I mean, I think literally it's always better. Not, there is no, there is no limits. There is no limits to, um, you know, a lot of people will contradict you. I don't judge people. I, I, I rather show them that, that they're full of shit. <laughs> than, than actually, example. yeah, I mean, come see, there. try it out. Tell me it doesn't taste good. And I'd say, okay. Uh, but if, if you don't try it out, you don't see, I mean, there's nothing there. Like there's new products that come in. That are coming all the time. I mean, 
there's no difference and you can't tell the difference. I bet you a million dollars. I served that burger to anybody vegan, not vegan. They wouldn't know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They, they wouldn't know. They wouldn't know. So yeah. kind of switching gears a little bit, let's talk about Hell's Kitchen and Shark Tank. Tell us a little bit about yeah. that. Which came first? How did you get on the shows, et cetera? So Hell's Kitchen came first. I got an email from someone and they said, oh, apply here. So I, I wrote my life story and they found it interesting, the whole army thing and so on and so on. Uh, I was very young, uh, not as, not as uh, smart. <laughs> and I went on a show that was uh, very intense, uh, but a great experience. I mean, uh, Gordon Ramsay uh, is the only chef I ever worked under. So it was interesting. Uh, and only on that show, uh, I had the privilege to work as a chef uh, in my family's company. And then when I opened my own restaurant, but it was a fun experience. It was more about reality TV than actually uh, cooking. Oh really? And, and and I was all about cooking. Yeah, I was all about reality TV. So I didn't stay in that show for that long. Uh, I, they didn't like the fact that I didn't get drunk every night, and I went to sleep early and woke up early. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I guess you don't, you it, don't it doesn't give good rating. You know, you don't, right. you don't get good rating from it. Um, and I was very young. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't uh, as a good of a cook that I could have been or his experience. So this I was is only before? 24. Yeah. Oh, okay. 25. So this is before Beyond Sushi. Yeah. Two years before Beyond Sushi. That's when, when the filming happened. Um, and then uh, Shark Tank reached out to us and my wife said, oh, do you want, she bugged me about it for many years. And at that time she said, do you want to go on it? And I was like, oh, okay, well, whatever. <laughs> and she put me on it. I I I learned what what reality TV really wants. So I I gave them what they wanted, and we got on, and uh, we got a deal, and it was interesting. And uh, I was uh, excited to talk to uh, top of the food chain in terms of business and entrepreneurship and uh, and investing. And I was surprised how cold blooded I am uh, when I did it. I. I and I surprised myself even, and 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 it was great. I mean, it was great. We got a deal, uh, but at the end of the day, our our views of the business and the future did not align. Um, you can say I'm a control freak, and I like what I do, and I like uh, to determine what my future would be without anybody interfering with it. Uh, and we decided to part ways. So the investment didn't go through uh, all the way it did on the show, but it didn't do in real life. Wow. That, yeah. I, I don't, I don't blame you one bit for that. I feel the same way. I, it's like, this is the only life that we have to live. So you should, you, we are in control of our own destiny. And a lot of people fail to realize that a lot of people want to just chalk it up to circumstances or to it's not all about the money. It's not it's, all about the money. It's not. You really do have control. And once you realize you have that control, you don't have to cease control to anybody else just because yeah. you want to make a short-term profit. Think long-term and, and you'll really see your success once you, once you know yeah. that you have that control over it. So kind of speaking on that note, what is uh, one piece or multiple pieces of advice that you would give to vegan entrepreneurs, aspiring vegan entrepreneurs? I would say that the biggest thing is... Uh, the biggest barrier for somebody to to get into this world, especially when you when you're younger, when you have a lot on the plate, it's a little bit different. But when you're younger, 
just go and do it and figure it out. Uh, I think that you have an idea, write it out, work for it, work hard for it. Don't just do it because, and don't work at it. Uh, you do it, come at it with everything that you got and be committed to it. Even through the hard times I've had, I can't even tell you countless days that I said, Oh, any normal human being would have said, you're crazy. I would have gave up a long time ago, but just go at it and evolve and create and create. And every day is going to be a little bit harder than the next day, but get better at what you do and at the business that you do in all elements of it as much as you can numbers uh, or hire the right people. But for me in the beginning, uh, I just uh, mastered 80% of all, of all, elements of the business whether is it accounting and uh, running the business uh the kitchen of course and then the front of the house uh so you can attend or at least when you hire people have the right people along there with you you know yeah it's so it's really all about that perseverance kind of what we talked about at the beginning of the episode with everything yeah. that you learned from being in the army i think so i mean that I mean, I, I commanded in the army at one point about 40 guys. So that helped me also a lot in the kitchen and afterwards in my, uh, in, in running the business. And, and it, you know, it's working at all of it, all your experiences. It's led, it's led coming to where out today. That's, that's yep. crazy. That's, that's really amazing. Congrats on everything that you've been doing. It's, Thank you very much, man. Yeah, definitely being, yeah, being a vegan entrepreneur myself and still on the come up, I, I look at your success and, and it just shows when you work hard, anything's possible because even sometimes I have those days, there's no days where I'm ever like, I'm going to give up because I, I know that I'm going to make it work no matter what at the end of the day. But you do have those days where you feel, all right, there's a lot going on. You feel a little overwhelmed. You kind of just need to take, take a step back, take a deep breath, and yeah. realize it's not the end of the world. It's just this yeah. energy. Keep going. You'll be good. One piece at a time, I always say. I mean, you got to prioritize, but you fix one piece at a time. You can't do everything. Fix one piece at a time in the big scheme of things. You're going to make it work. Totally. I think that's really great advice. Uh, really, really good advice. So before we continue on, I'd like to take a brief Last moment. thing. Yeah. Last thing. Very, Last thing. very, very important. Okay. Very important before I forget. Take responsibility. That's the most important thing. 100% agree with that. That is one thing that a lot of people do not do today in so many aspects of their life is just take that full ownership. This is something I actually see when advocating being an animal rights activist, I'm actually, uh, you know, right going to a cube of truth tonight in Washington Square Park to to speak to people on the streets about being vegan and what it means to be vegan. And and cool, uh, one thing that I always see is people say, "Oh, stop trying to make me feel guilty." I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty. I'm speaking the objective truth. This is what happens in the industry. This is what you contribute to by purchasing meat, dairy, and eggs. This is the process. There are no two ways around it. If you feel guilty by me speaking the objective truth, clearly that is a reflection of your own internal guilt. And I am just speaking the truth and it's bringing that out. So instead, don't put the blame on me. Look inward and see where that's coming from. And there's just a lot. Truth doesn't care for feelings, right? No. That's the problem. That's yeah, because people don't like the truth. They want to hide behind it. It's okay. And we'll wise up when it's too late. 
Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The most successful people in the world, you, you said it right on head. They take full responsibility for everything that goes in that goes on in their life, whether it's success or even their failures. But I don't look at any yep. failures as failures. It's just always opportunities to learn, to grow and to get better. So take full responsibility. I think that's a really great piece of advice. So before we continue on, I would like to take a brief moment to highlight our team member of the week, something we do every episode to show our love and appreciation for our ever-growing family. What's up, guys? My name is Kiwan Harrison. You can find me at Kiwan underscore Harrison on all social media platforms. You can also find me at www.kiwanharrison.com. And I am super proud to be this week's Plant Strength Team Member of the Week. So some of the changes I want to see in the world um, are definitely, I want to see, especially in this time, it's been a really tough year for a lot of people. And I think that we need to be a little bit more compassionate with our fellow man, with our planet, with animals in general, more compassionate um, with ourselves. Um, A lot of us have the tendency to internalize so much issues that go on in this world and to really struggle with mental health you know I know I do and I think that if we led with a little bit more compassion a little bit more love we'd be so much better off so my message for the world is to lead with compassion thank you now it's time for my favorite part of the show our growth spurts and growing pain segment so it goes things changing I know that though I've got no control that's just the way that we grow and no one told me what's ahead on this road so until I break the mold for those of you who haven't heard of this segment before at the end of every show we ask each guest what a recent growth spurt of theirs is an accomplishment that they're proud of as well as a growing pain something that they're still trying to get better with both of these can be health work or life related so with that we'll start right at the top guy what is a recent growth spurt of yours uh i uh growth a lot of things going on. I think that taking doing the move on on Willow and going out of the box on uh, on because I've been doing Beyond Sushi for uh, for a long time and toying around with the idea that I'm going to do something else for a very long time and mixing items into Beyond Sushi and not having an outlet of where to put all that. Uh, I would say my creative part. Uh, so taking that and taking a bit on, on, on Willow was, uh, was a big deal for me and it was a growth sport for the company and for me personally. Uh, and something that is still challenging for me, uh, and always have been, uh, is, uh, letting other, uh, in my organization, letting other people have their uh, have their uh, basically take over certain situation. I'm a, like I said before, I'm a control freak in a lot of situations. Uh, I'm still dealing with. It. I've done uh, big uh, strides forward, and that's why. Uh, but it's something that I am uh, uh, working on constantly, making sure that uh, heading into the future. Uh, we do that better. 
I definitely connect with you on that one. And, and that's why I love this, this, this part of the show, because it just allows us to take a step back and actually celebrate in our accomplishments. But then at the same time, hold ourselves accountable and look ourselves in the mirror, take that responsibility and say, hey, you know what? I could still be better in this aspect oh, yeah. of my life. And I, and I totally agree oh, yeah. on that because I'm just so used to doing everything myself. So now slowly bringing more members onto the team and being able to delegate certain things. And I even do consulting work for another company and that's just completely different working with the team there. It's like... Yeah. I'm so used to doing so much. I actually don't have to do as much as I thought I would have to do because I'm so used to doing so much for my own company. It's just like a different, it's a different perspective in realizing that you hire these people for a reason. You brought these people on your team for a reason because they're badass individuals and they know what they're doing. Yeah. And so being able to give that, that, them that, that trust that they're going to get the job done to the best of their ability, it is. It's I, knowing, I, it's knowing the, you know, that, that last thing I told you, the extreme responsibility that you have to take for things, it's knowing the balance of where to stop. Um, and that's, it's not from a bad place of me not wanting uh, anybody. It's just from a place where you feel responsible for uh, a lot of things that you should let other people be responsible of if you want to keep moving forward. Uh, and one of the things that this Corona time taught me really well so definitely definitely well the, the 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 best thing about it is that you're aware and you're actively working to get better so oh, shit. yeah yeah so awesome so it was, a, it was a pleasure having you on the show before thank we you for wrap, having me of course of course before we wrap everything up if you could tell everyone where they can find you online both personally and with the restaurants okay so personally it's a uh on instagram mainly uh chef guy vacuuming uh and uh we get updates over there uh also beyond sushi nyc and willow new york those are the two uh restaurants we got five locations in the city of beyond sushi currently upper east side 56 37 mulberry street 14th street and we have willow on 21st and 8th avenue uh that's the only location over there. Um, and uh, the websites, beyondsushi.com and willownewyork.com, where you can order catering, regular orders, come in, reservations, celebrate with us, and, and have fun. Awesome. You guys heard it first. So if you guys want to check out Beyond Sushi, check out Willow, you know the locations, just head over to their websites. Check out Guy on Instagram at Chef Guy Bachman and make sure to follow the pages. Already been following them and you guys post some really delicious looking food. So I can't wait to come back <laughs> in, come back in again and, and to try out Willow soon. We'll have to set up a reservation. Sure. Make a team for dinner. Sure. Make a team dinner. But awesome. For yeah. Sure. One more time. Thank you again, Guy, for coming on the show. Thank today. you for having Pleasure. me. I really hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. And as always, until the next one, I'm your host, Bobby Lynch. And this is Plant Strength Radio. Plant Strength Radio is hosted by Bobby Lynch, produced and edited by Kiwan Harrison. Original theme music by Alex Brinkley and Tyson Bryce. If you would like to hear more podcasts like this, please like, share, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts can be streamed. To learn more about Plant Strength, the company behind this podcast, please visit www.plantstrengthperformance.com or follow us on social media. 
at Planetrade Performance. Planetrade, sustainability for mind, body, soul, and the environment. Thank you for listening.